While we've been in lockdown, we've really appreciated having a garden. I don't know how people have coped uh, being in families of three, four or five and living in flats, apartments and maybe just having a balcony or whatever. Um, when we first moved here, this garden was really overgrown. It's still got a lot of work to do. And this area over here, there were these, um, you can see there's a bit of a bank, and there were these plants that aren't there now. Some of these ones, they were just really leggy. They'd not been, uh, yeah, leggy, very long branches. Um, straggling down the bank with with leaves on the ends um, where the light was able to reach them and we had to do a whole load of cutting back and uh, it's not until you start that you realize how much work there is all along here and behind around that we're on the end terrace so we've got all this bank along the side it's a real mess um, not so bad now but still after nearly six years of living here we still haven't really fully done with it and rethought how it should look. Well, the reason I tell you all that is because um, as I was thinking this week, it just occurred to me that the mind, the, the human mind can be like a garden where if we if we don't think about what seeds we're sowing into it uh, and we don't take care of it and we don't think about um, cutting back certain thoughts that have grown from seeds that we've put into it, um, it can get kind of straggly and out of hand. And, and what I want to be able to do is walk through the garden of my mind and walk through with, with Jesus and allow him access to all of my mind and, um, and spend time with him. A garden can be a beautiful place to spend time and to spend time with Jesus, allowing him into your mind is an incredible thing. Well, I found out that the idea that a uh, garden could be uh, an analogy for the mind is not a new idea, it's not an original thought. Lots of people have talked about the mind as a garden. Here's one and he's called James Allen and he wrote this a long time ago in a book called As a Man Thinketh. A man's mind may be likened to a garden which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. What James Allen is saying is we're, our minds are like a garden and we're either going to intelligently intentionally cultivate the thoughts and the seeds that we place into our mind. I'm um, pushing the idea of the word of God as the best seed to be planting in the word, in, into your mind. We're either going to be intentional about that or we just neglect the garden of our mind and stuff will just grow naturally but it won't be good natural. It's going to be fallen world natural. In our last verse we looked at uh, a week ago uh, in our midweek message, we were talking about our bodies and surrendering our bodies as a li living sacrifice, that this is our proper worship. And I wanted to make the link today between the body and how we surrender our bodies to God as living sacrifices and go back and watch all of that because I can't have time to re cap all of that now make a, a, a link between that and our minds it all starts with the mind in fact 
Paul in Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 makes that link for us. Let's read both of those verses together and you'll see that the first verse is the verse I read last week uh, and then uh, we'll go into verse 2 which is today's key verse, Romans 12, 1 and 2 then in the New International Version. It says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So today I want us to think about verse 2, not conforming to the pattern of this world, being transformed by the renewing of our mind and testing God's will. Three areas really, not conforming to the pattern of the world, being transformed by the renewing of the mind, testing and proving God's good, pleasing and perfect will. Okay, so we have already said in previous videos that the, there is this war going on. There's a war with the flesh. And we looked at Romans 7 where Paul talks about how the things he wants to do, he doesn't do. The things he doesn't want to do, he does do. And this is a spirit-filled apostle of God who wrote half the New Testament, still struggling with the flesh. Yes, I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come in. But every day I have to continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to uh, bear fruit in me of love, joy, peace, etc. Because there is a war going on in the flesh. We're not in heaven yet. We live in a world where there are weed seeds blowing all around us and we must take control of our of our minds. It starts in the mind. If we are going to live with our bodies sacrificed to God, it starts by renewing the mind. So today I'm going to give you some very practical and powerful tips how you can make that work. And the rewards are fantastic because you get to, to, to test and approve God's will. Wow. We'll talk about that at the end and what that might mean. But look at these first two rhyming words, conform and transform. I don't know if that's rhyming or assonance, actually. But anyway, similar words, transform and conform. We're not going to conform. That means to um, just fall in line with patterns of this world. That's the default setting. That's what happens when we don't tend our garden, the garden of the mind. Generally speaking, there is a there are patterns in the world that are not godly and that are not um, not healthy for us in the long, long, long term. So what we're going to do is we're going to be transformed from from instead of being conformed to the pattern of the world, we're going to be transformed and how are we going to be transformed? We're going to be transformed by renewing our minds, by tending the garden. I want to suggest to you that although there are good people in the world and there are bad people in the world and there's diversity in the world, there are still some general patterns that the world follows. I thought of seven areas and I'm going to read them to you quickly. We're actually going to look at them three times, once to introduce them, once to ask 
uh, a question and wants just prayerfully just to think them through uh, before God and we'll have a moment of quiet very soon but here is some this is all to do with following the pattern of the world okay because we're told not to not to conform to the pattern of the world okay got that here we go seven areas number one our values the principles we live by there are patterns in the world behavioral patterns that have certain values and they've changed over the years they're not see the the bible's values are are not going to change but the world's values sort of drift and shift according to the tide of culture so values patterns of the world number two beliefs what i consider to be true and with little or no doubt belief systems they change within the world but there's a pattern of belief in the world number three lifestyle our behavior patterns how we live our lives number four accepted norms i know what is normal because everybody else is doing it i know what is normal because everybody else is thinking it accepted norms patterns of the world that might not always match those in the church or in the bible that was number four number five priorities what do I give my time to mostly what do I give my energy to and what will I give my money to they say you can find a lot about a person in fact all you need to know about a person by looking at their diary and their bank statements you look at their diary and their bank statements you see where they're giving their time their energy and their money and your priorities may be different to those of someone following the pattern of the world that was number five. Number six, coping strategies. These are just areas I've made up. You might make up others of your own as well. Um, these are not anything I've researched or exhaustive or conclusive or anything. They're just to help us. Uh, so number six, coping strategies. Where do I turn when times get tough? What helps me to cope when things are difficult? And number seven, measures of success. That's how I decide if I've done a good job. How I decide if I've done well, measures of success. There's a pattern in the world that measures success and it doesn't match those in the Bible. I'm not gonna go into um, a, a development of what the world says about these things. You live in the world, you have your own experience, which is just as valid as my idea of it. But I want you to unpack that for yourself. And there may be just one of those seven that, that we, the Lord is just tugging at your heart saying, are you following a pattern? Are you following the pattern of the word or are you following the pattern of the world? And so let's just look at those seven areas the second time through. I said we'd look at them three times. So the second time I'm asking some questions for you just to delve deeper into these thoughts. Number one, what are some of the values in the world that are no longer acceptable to me as a born again believer? Maybe something pops into your mind now. Maybe you want to just comment in the box below. If you're actually on YouTube and not watching through our website, there's a comment box right if you scroll down and um, maybe you want to put in some of the values, maybe some of your answers. Then others can read them and interact. You can reply to a comment and have a little bit of um, conversation amongst yourselves as you're watching. Number two, how have our beliefs changed since accepting Jesus as our saviour? What major beliefs have changed? There's obvious ones. Uh, about Jesus being the Son of God, etc. Um, but there may be other beliefs that have changed since you became a Christian. Number three, what is different about your behaviour and lifestyle as a Christian? 
So we looked at values, beliefs and lifestyle. What's different about your behaviour? Again, comment in the box below if you've got an answer. Number four, what does the world accept as normal that you and your Christian brothers and sisters do not? What does the world accept as normal that you do not? I'm thinking of ideas now and I, I don't want to give any examples at all. I want you to think of them and write them down in the comment box below. Number five, how is the general pattern of the world set up to prioritise things differently from the way we as Christians should? So number five is about priorities. How is the general pattern of the world set up to prioritise things differently? Again, answer in the comment box below. Number six, what are some of the coping strategies when times are tough that we would not consider or should not consider uh, now that we have put on righteousness and don't live the way the, the, the pattern of the world follows? And finally, number seven, how does the world measure success? That's a good one for you to answer. How does the world measure success? You could just in the comment box below, you could just put seven and uh, and then your answer. And I'd be really, really interested to see that. And uh, if you're able to join us in our Zoom meeting on Sunday morning, um, I'll be able to read through some of the answers because we try and have a little bit of a discussion about the midweek message on the Sunday morning. It's important to know what the patterns of the world are and clearly think about them if we're to intentionally not follow them. If you haven't defined them and given examples in your own mind, you'll not be as good or clever at intentionally rooting those weeds out. Now it's time to bring all those thoughts to the Lord. But let's make this a two-way conversation with the Lord together now. So this is now less of a preachy video. This is a John leading you in a prayer time, okay, just for seven quick thoughts and they should take about three and a half minutes if I just spend half a minute on each of them. Let's pray and I'm just going to say seven prayers that I want you to join in and I'll pause after each one. Lord, are you pleased with the principles I am living by? Just ask the Lord now to show you any principles you're living by that he's pleased with and wants to say thank you and honour you and also allow him to tug at your heart with things that you might want to crucify with him. Number two, Lord, do my beliefs match your word in every case? Do my beliefs match your word in every case? Number three, Lord, is my lifestyle one that reflects your glory? I just believe that the Lord will be showing you something that puts a smile on his face and blesses his heart about your lifestyle, where you perhaps felt you weren't good enough or you weren't living the life well, but let him show you the change he's made in your lifestyle since you became a Christian. And also allow him to challenge you if there are areas he wants you to change. Number four, are there things of the world, Lord, that I have unintentionally gone along with as normal 
that you would have me re-examine. So easy to get swept along with the tide. So easy to drift. Very easy to go astray. Lord, show me if there are things that are normal in my life that aren't part of your normal in your kingdom, your upside down kingdom. Number five, have I got my priorities right? Just ask the Lord about your priorities. I'm not asking you to mentally examine them. I'm asking you in your spirit, in your heart self, just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about your priorities. This is you and God, not you and your brain. Holy Spirit, speak. Where am I putting my energy and my time and my money? Number six, what or who have I been turning to when I've been troubled? I know that I should turn to the Lord at every turn and I know it's so easy to make that my second or third port of call and it's so easy to turn to other things. Where have I been turning, Lord, that you would like me to change my ways? And number seven, am I seeing success the way you do? The way the world measures success is so temporary. And God has a very different view of success. And some of the most successful people in the kingdom we've probably never even seen. They've never been on TV. How are we measuring success? I just pray that the Lord would speak to you through those seven questions to ask in the presence of the Lord. And I'll put them in the notes below. Uh, and you don't always see very clearly that there are notes. There's a little arrow you can click, a little, I think it's a V-shaped arrow, I'm not sure. Uh, and you can read uh, the notes to this talk. Well, we're not perfect and I'm sure you're challenged by that. I'm challenged. I've been challenged this week by some of those questions. So we are offering our bodies to him, but it starts with our minds. Now, there are things we can do to renew the mind. So we've talked about the pattern of the world. Now I want us to talk about uh, renewing the mind because that's how we are transformed. We're going to be transformed from this pattern some of these things that we feel challenged by, we can't put them right in our own strength. Some of them we can by discipline, but it's a real strive. But there are some ways where we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And we're going to transform our mind. And I've got some really practical things. I've mentioned them before in previous preaches. And I want you to think about them again, because I know God hasn't finished with us on this yet. And we won't move forward until we've completed the work that God has asked us to do and we know as a church this is a time of preparation we've known that since January he is preparing our church and churches across this land for a revival he's preparing us for something fresh but the preparation is not in getting our buildings clean and getting our systems in place the preparation is in the sheep not the necessarily the co-shepherds the pastors although that's a big part of it. The preparation is in the hearts of the people and this is absolutely core to doing it and this is what we're going to do. We're going to renew our minds by four points I'm going to give you on limiting things and four points on things that we're going to increase. None of this is new. 
this is not rocket surgery or brain science. And I know I said that wrong. I just thought it was funnier that way. Number one, what are we going to limit? We're going to limit our time on social media. It's going to help us renew our mind. Number two, we're going to limit our time watching the news. I watch the news once or twice a day for about five, ten minutes. Uh, and that's enough. Third thing we're going to limit is secular TV shows. Now, I know some of us are trapped in all day and some of you have been, uh, some of the people I'm talking to from our church have been in their own personal lockdown due to illness or injury for longer. But please limit what you watch and think carefully about what you allow into your mind. Think about your mind as a garden and the seeds that you are planting by some of the things you watch. Keep it uplifting, keep it wholesome. And the fourth thing is time listening to negative people. And that can come through phone calls, it can come through TV, it can come, come through social media, it can come through all sorts of things. We've got to love people, we love everybody and reach out to them, but I have to limit the time I listen to people who are constantly negative. They've got their own reasons for being that way, but my reason for limiting the access I allow them into my brain is for my own health and well-being. So they're the four things, social media, news, TV shows and negative people. Sounds harsh, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to renew our minds. And then we've got four things to increase. We're going to increase our time in prayer. Uh, we, we as a church have journeyed through the P-R-A-Y model. That's praise, repent, ask and yield. Uh, and you can talk through those. You can talk through the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes it's impossible to start with praise. Sometimes we just start by pouring out all the horrible things that are in our minds and then we move to praise. So although I have a genuine a general rule of opening with praise, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Sometimes just don't worry about that. If it's a burden to you, just pour it all out, but then move to praise. Even Jesus on the cross, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was he was quoting Psalm, I think, 22. And that ends, that's actually a psalm of praise, but it starts with feeling forsaken by God. And so let's remember that we have different forms. But I've just, if you if you want a default setting, go to P-R-A-Y, praise, repent, ask and yield. Uh, we're going to spend more time in prayer. Number two, we're going to spend more time in Bible reading and Bible study. Get the YouVersion Bible app. Find a Bible reading plan and follow it and keep doing those. So prayer, Bible reading, we're going to increase fellowship. So we've been told it's a time of social distancing. And our national leader of Assemblies of God, Glyn Barrett, has said we're not going to do social distancing. We're going to do physical distancing. But socially, we're going to be ever more connected. Come to our three Zoom meetings every week. Make phone calls talk to people who are good godly Christians. So that's prayer, Bible reading, fellowship. And the fourth one is one that I'm rubbish at and I was working on uh, this morning in a chair that's just there, not that chair, there's another one like it there. Sitting quietly, right? I'm calling it unplugged minutes and meditation. Unplugged minutes and meditation. Sit Still yourself. I could do. I would like to do a whole session on meditation um, because although I'm rubbish at it, um, I've I value it as well. And I I oscillate between being I can't sit still and I'm too busy, and then I just need this time of sitting, stilling myself, working through my whole body and relaxing it, breathing slowly and deeply, and reminding myself as a, of a scripture 
and um, and doing those things. So increase those times and you will honestly, when I've got that right, the benefits just emotionally are immense. So when I do these things, I start to see things differently. I'm in his word every day, so I'm seeing things through the lens of his word, which is eternal, not through the lens of the pattern of the world, which is temporary. I'm seeing things differently, so I'm more attuned to his will. I'm meditating and listening and asking the Holy Spirit to fill me, and so I'm more attuned to his heart. I can think more like he thinks. I can see more like he sees. I'm in, in the in where Jesus says in John, where he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I'm closer to the heartbeat of the Father. Now, when we look at the word will, when we're talking about the will of God, how is it possible for us to test and approve the will of God when surely the will of God is fixed, firm, unchangeable, and no one can do anything about it? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. There are, I'm not going to go through them all, but there are three Greek words uh, used, translated into the word will. Uh, and two of them do have that fixed quality about them. There's a sense in which there is a will of God that can't be changed. Or, and who are we to test it? And who are we to approve it? But you'll be glad to know that that's not what's happening. Um, the Ten Commandments, that's unchangeable. Jesus' teachings are unchangeable. They are the will of God. Um, but there is a will for your life that is not in the Bible, all right? So it might be to do with where you live or which house you buy or uh, <clears throat> who, you, who you spend time with or how much time you spend on that game. Um, there are things that are nuances of the will of God that you need to be able to test and approve of things that are not in the Bible. You know, when you when you buy a car, I recently bought a second-hand car, and there were two that I liked the look of um, that were sold by the same dealer, and um, one of them was a better model and a more renowned make, and it just looked better all round. And the other one uh, is the one I ended up buying um, because it just drove so much better. So you've got to test drive things. It's the same with finding God's will. Sometimes it's trial and error. God cares about the little things. I heard a story the other day about somebody who was just learning to listen to the Holy Spirit. They were a new Christian. They'd been filled with the Spirit and they were asking God to speak to them. And their hus- her husband was away, a long way away. The car was on the driveway. She had kids at home and she was praying and she felt the Lord saying, um, you've left the interior light on in your car. Well, she was like, well, God wouldn't tell me something so minuscule as that. Um, But the thought kept coming back. And so she thought, well, I've got nothing to lose by looking. I'm not sort of being told by God to prophesy over someone and it's false or to pray for someone for healing and it's not going to happen. There's no danger in checking. So she checked and the interior light was on in the car. And she just celebrated the idea that God cared about the little things. And he was just starting to grow this lady's faith and she went on to be able to do other great exploits for God um, in, in bigger areas of faith but it started with something small and he continues to speak to us all in small ways if we allow him and these are the will of God that we can test and approve sometimes by trial and error sometimes by we're buying a house and we're looking around it and we're just praying as we look around Lord is this 
within your will for us to move to this house and you get a feel in your heart or a nudge in your spirit or you ask him to block the door if it's not right. You're testing and approving God's will. You're going to renew your mind by not following the pattern of the world, by increasing the good things, decreasing the bad things. And then you're going to find that as you go about your day to day life, asking the Lord to guide you, you will make better decisions. He wants you to be able to test and approve his will. And if you're not sensing God's will in something or you can't tell, I'd say go back to those four things to limit and those four things to increase. And before long, you will hear God's voice, especially as you spend time meditating and listening to him. Then our lives will be holy and pleasing to him. Remember verse one, not just because we're saved, which makes us holy and pleasing to him, but because we're being saved daily from our poor choices. Let me read to you one last time the two verses we've been looking at over the last two weeks and I'm going to splice in a phrase from the message. I'm still reading from the NIV. Have a listen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Take your everyday, ordinary life you're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. God bless you.